Welcome to the Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Primus, father, entrepreneur, filmmaker, athlete, hopeful writer, and dedicated wanderer. I'm curious to learn more about how people live their lives, their struggles, and passions, and pains. So every week, with athletes, entrepreneurs, healers, adventurers, and beyond, I'm going to have unbound and uncensored long-form conversations about people, places, pursuits, and performance. Enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. I always say hello three times. I don't know why. It's a very interesting habit. Nevertheless, I love writing about travel. My first blog ever was a travel blog. It was called In Search of Sunrise, and it more or less documented my travels through Canada. I hitchhiked across the country when I was very young. Uh, I think 18 or 19 years old was when I hitchhiked across Canada. And then I got on a plane and I went to Thailand and Cambodia and Vietnam. And I was just, I was so moved. (laughs) I was so moved by the experience of travel. Like many of us, most of us are. I don't know anyone who isn't moved by the experience of travel. That I wrote these, what I recall in my mind to be very beautiful, thoughtful, kind of waxing, poetic type blogs about my journey it was not a very how to travel Southeast Asia or you know here's the places to go kind of blog. It was just it was just very emotive, and I think that's my favorite type of blog to write. I love writing poetry. I love trying to express how a place makes me feel in words, written words. There's something about this connection between seeing something, experiencing something, and and as you type it out, just kind of reliving it. And, and uh, there's some kind of connection between that thought and the actual hands on the keyboard or on the pen writing this thing out. So, you know, I don't do enough of it. I have written in travel blogs for Cosan Travel and and a little bit, you know, so for Finding Nowhere, um, the Finding Nowhere blog, but you know, I love doing it. And my family and I filmed a documentary called Grace of Global Citizens, which is available to watch on the Go Traveler Network. And this is a blog about coming home from that trip. And and so I'm really excited to read it. I haven't read it um, in, oh gosh, I posted it just about a year ago now. And, uh, you know, it means a lot to me to to be able to have these experiences and around the world and, and, and talk about them. So here we go. The blog is called Coming home. A fog-like feeling usually weighs heavy in my head when I return home from extended travel. Which day of the week is it? Was it all just a dream? Certainly, when you've been away long enough, home has a sort of sacred comfort. Even though you were thrilled to leave, overjoyed to be away, you were also delighted to return home. A paradox. The great contradiction of travel. Some three years after returning home from our multi-year filming project that spanned the globe, I honestly feel like I'm still landing, looking around my neighborhood with its clean sidewalks, manicured lawns, drivers abiding by traffic lights, bank machines with sufficient funds, Starbucks everywhere. I occasionally feel like a disoriented visitor. It's exemplary, but something is missing. It's all bone and no marrow. It's what isn't here that is so palpable. There are cars driving by, but it's eerily quiet compared to the honking of scooters in Saigon, cars in Buenos Aires and taxis in New York. No hauntingly beautiful prayer calls like in Istanbul or Beirut. The air is fresh and unsullied by it, lacks a 
the nose tickling sensations of incense, spice, cooking meat, like Bangkok and Bombay, cardboard cutout houses and erect steel and glass buildings appear dim in contrast to the bright colors of pueblos, barrios, and neighborhoods of Salamina, Uzville, and Laboca. No siesta follows lunch, and evening strolls are vacuous. Vacuous, well, I'm not even saying my own word right, when compared to those in Palmero or Cordoba. I'm sentimental, nostalgic even, for the bustling promenades along the Arabian Sea and the resilience of the Lebanese people for the pulse of the cities in Vietnam and the endless smiles on the faces of its people, the slow pace of life in rural Argentina that allows one all day to enjoy conversation with family and friends and the, the variety of meat coming off the grill at an asado, an Argentine barbecue, the majestic mountains of Tombstone Park and the tender ruggedness of Yukoners, not to forget the lush, vibrant land of Colombia and the heartwarming charm of its people. Just the same, I'm filled, filled to the brim with the rich flavors of our wondrous world. Today, even after thousands of miles behind us, the world seems a little smaller. And often I think about the lessons we learned from the nine countries we visited. Of course, this is the subject matter of our film. But one of the predominant lessons is that of continuing to congregate and generously celebrate the little things in life with food. When in Argentina, I recall a friend popping over a few times a week with picadas or treats and mate, cervezas or malbec for a merendina or merendia afternoon snack. I'm not saying that correctly. He would always say, you do not need either an invitation or an excuse to be together and celebrate life. These little afternoon visits would often stretch late into the night. In Beirut, every single person who knew we were there insisted on taking us out for delicious and fresh dinners, always sneaking out to pay for it before we could offer. The same thing happened in Istanbul, the pinnacle of hospitality. In Colombia, schedules were cleared so more and more locals could join us at cantinas. And in Sicily, a quick espresso in a little cafe with a local turned into aperitifs dinner and finally gelato digestifs and another espresso and wholesome feasts prepared and attended by entire families in Vietnam stretched late into the night. Each time the fresh food thoughtfully prepared, local drink and ambiance brought together people in total presence. This presence, I have come to believe, is the magic property that comes when food, drink and ambience are whisked together with care and intention, a sacred elixir that empowers us to concede the day and transcend into the present moment while nourishing and blessing our bodies and souls. It's my belief that great responsibility is entrusted to travelers beyond the life-changing experience we enjoy by immersing ourselves in new cultures. We must share our newfound lessons and insights with others, both at home and away. Of course, important are the lessons of tolerance, acceptance, human rights, equality, and our shared humanity. However, sometimes, the very essence of what we experience while traveling is what we need to share. What I believe and share with you here is that taking time to prepare meals and be together is one of the most important lessons I took home from those travel experiences. Eating together symbolizes our shared life, but moreover, its most delicious component is time. The time we take 
to make the food and the time we take to eat together. Have you ever noticed that we interpret time intervals to be longer when our memories for a student period are denser? In other words, periods with fewer memorable events appear to have gone by more quickly or cast away entirely. When we slow down and have this sacred experience of sharing food as a celebration of life, not only does it make us feel incredibly alive and human, but it slows down the perception of time and increases the quality of our lives. This recipe is simple, but all too hastily brushed aside in favor of more questionable, albeit conveniently cooked and quickly consumed alternatives. Don't wait for birthdays, Friday nights, or special occasions. Make it a priority to prepare good food often. Create welcoming and inspiring places to eat that food and share it lovingly with those you know, and sometimes with those you don't. Eat your meal in the middle of the living room floor surrounded by tea lights or outside by a roaring fire. Create enriching spaces that turn meals into memorable experiences. The meal itself doesn't have to be fancy or measured by the value of how much that bottle of red costs, but instead it's the experience that is of real value to us and those around us. With travel also comes the acknowledgement that the world is imperfect and that we must fully face the hardships, suffering, and conflict that penetrate the fabric of life each day. And right alongside that, we can be thankful for the pure love and beauty of the human experience found while sitting at the dinner table, engaged in conversation, and reveling in the marvel of our shared humanity. Well, there it is, coming home. And it's so funny that with all the sights that I've seen around the world and adventures that I've had, it's, it really just comes down to the food. And I did not have that growing up, to be very, very clear. You know, you do the family dinners and on the special occasions, and that's all fine and good. But the real experience of coming together over food and actually sitting there and talking, and it, it, it absolutely happened first in Asia, then in South America, you know, the Middle East and Europe. And then those are the experiences that stuck to me. I would not be the person I am today. I would not live how I live today without those experiences of breaking bread with people all over the world. I remember this one time in Istanbul. We were sitting in Taksim on a rooftop and, you know, you, I don't think you could, you could see the phosphorus and you could smell it and but there was this the wafting smell of nicotine cigarette you know just sort of tobacco and and we were with an italian uh, thread trader and and we were with some fabric dealers for one of my companies and it was a four hour dinner just sitting there talking with four people i'd never met before you know some language challenges but really not not you know we were finding ways to converse and it just happened so slow and it was it was one of those moments where time really did slow to a halt and a simple meal has been etched in my mind forever and so i really encourage you to make the most of your meals as many of them a week as you can you know sometimes you have to rush that's life i got three kids i fucking get it right like i get it <laughs> you know, a lot of my meals, my one and a half year old just freaks out halfway through and is ready to go to bed. But 
you know, we always try, we always try and make it an event, not just the, the meal itself, but the preparation. It is the community of the day, really, because, you know, if, when you're busy all day doing your, your errands and your work and your, your workouts and, you know, you're scrolling, whatever else it is you're doing, it really is that one touch point that families get to have and friends get to have and, and it shouldn't be rushed. It really shouldn't be rushed. We should savor it and not just savor it for the community, but savor it for the food that we get to eat. I know my wife has started doing these little gratitude prayers, sort of blessing the food, being grateful for the food, but not just so that it nourishes our body, but really thanking all the farmers that put, you know, that grew the vegetables, the animals that you know, their, their lives were taken so that we could eat that meat and have that protein. And, and it creates this depth of, ex, of of not just experience, but this this almost nutrient rich spiritual <laughs> uh, satisfaction, where you're you're taking the nutrients that you literally get um, from the food that energize and heal your body and 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 help you operate, but but a spiritually rich nutrients by just thinking about the food in this, in this deeper way and, and how it ended up on your plate that day and the hands that prepared it. So try that. Anyway, thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the blog and I do apologize for my little blunders. Um, it is the first blog of the <laughs> blog pod of the morning. So I was uh, a little rusty. So thanks for sticking with me. Be well and eat as always, thanks so much for listening to The Ramble. You know, there is a lot of podcasts out there, so we thank you for choosing to listen all the way through on this one. You know, we want to be part of the, the solution, the, the good questions, the things that move you and inspire you and make you want to connect deeper with yourself and others and all that great stuff. So if the spirit does move you, subscribe, share, post, anything. We'd be forever grateful. And if you have any comments or feedback, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. We're here to listen. Guests you think we should have on. Of course, send them along. Thank you. And until next time, peace.